0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the W Basketball Show. In last week's intro, episode 1 with Madison Rocci, I said at the very end of the intro I probably forgot something and I kind of forgot to introduce the show, like what it's going to be about. Um, But last week did give a pretty good indication of what the episodes will sound like. So the W Basketball Show is a podcast that is a basketball podcast, um, but there are a billion different basketball leagues in the world. So this show is going to focus on the WNBA, the WNBL, uh, EuroLeague, potentially some domestic European competitions, but don't, um, maybe not as well. Uh, the Australian Opals in international play and then the Australian Kangaroos in 3x3 play. Um, probably not so much time on the 3x3 stuff, But yeah, those other four teams, sorry, leagues slash team that I mentioned, that will be the focus of this show. Um, So yeah, uh, and I'm still looking for an intro. Well, I know what I want to make the intro, but it's uh, illegal for me to choose the song that I would like. So I'm looking for someone that's proficient in Ableton to make me a little track. So yeah, I'm still, it's still a bit of a work in progress, but don't let that deter you. Today's episode, I have Sarah Blitzarves on the show and man, you yeah, I, I don't need to introduce this episode. It's so, so good. Um, So enjoy it. Enjoy the next 38 minutes of your podcast, our podcast. We are now joined by Sarah Blitzarves of the Melbourne Boomers. Sarah, how are you today?
1: I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me.
0: No, thank you for coming on the show. Um. You guys started your training camp yesterday, I hear, uh, how is that going? Is everyone on the team, uh, in Melbourne right now and training with you guys, or are you still waiting for some players?
1: Uh, we're still waiting on our two Americans. Um, they should be here. I'm actually not too sure. I think in October sometime, Mm -hmm. um, Tera Reed gets here tomorrow, which will be great. Um, and then Mon Conti obviously is finishing off her AFL football season as well. So we saw her yesterday, which was really cool, but, um, she probably won't be into full brains until she kind of finishes up with that stuff. So,
0: yeah. Um, what's like, what's the, yeah, a day in the life of a preseason or a training camp? Like how much you doing weights, how much you on court, how much time yeah. you're spending total with the team at the facility?
1: Well, I'll give you day one because that's probably a good little induction to it. Um, okay. yeah, we rocked up at nine. Did some like, I guess, met everyone, chatted to everyone, um, did some activations, which at my age of 30 are very important now, warm-up activations. And, yeah, just kind of moved around on court a little bit. We had a two-hour team practice. And then after that, we got into like individuals and shooting kind of um, with the coach or with a partner and stuff, just the top-ups as we call them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, Ate some food, went and did gym. So I was in the gym for about an hour um, and then we're really lucky where Parkville, um, the state Nepal centre where we train, they make lunch for us so that was provided. And then it's basically recovery, hot and colds treatment. Um, we had a meeting yesterday as well. So it's pretty full on. Um, mm. Most days will probably be 9 a.m. till 2 p.m. Uh, mm. at the stadium um, doing your own thing as well. So I really like it cause it's super, super professional mm. and I, I like the exhausting feeling you get after a big training day as well.
0: Yeah, true. Um, and how, how, uh, how many days a week will you guys be doing your training camp until the season starts?
1: Yeah, uh, we're pretty much five days a week. So we go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then next week, we also have a practice game on Saturday against the Flyers. So Mm. almost six times a week, um, but Wednesdays will be very light. Wednesdays are kind of just shooting in Indies on court. Um, That's about it. Just a quick in-out, as he calls it. So, yeah, yeah, probably I'll say after this week, we're probably going six days a week.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, since the end of the last season, what have you been uh, doing to keep yourself busy?
1: Um, I actually took time off, which was great. I took a whole season off, which I haven't done before ever in my life. The only time I had a season off once was when I did my ACL, but that was not a season off at all. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, so I decided to take some time away from basketball did not enter a basketball stadium at all for three months and a week. And it was the best thing I've ever done in my whole entire life. Um, I think I just got like my happiness back from having time off. I got my passion back. Um, my motivation levels just went skyrocketing. So it was the best decision I ever made. Um, and I also launched my own business, Sarah Cursey in women's underwear. Um, so to have that kind of outside of basketball and a mm. new focus was really good for me as well.
0: Yeah. Um, when you're a part of a team is, does, is it all encompassing? Like, does it feel like you can never really get away from it?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. So,
0: yeah. Is, was, that, <laughs> was that part of the decision of like, to just get away from basketball as much as possible? And then, yeah.
1: um, yeah, a little bit. I think for me, I just felt really stuck and I felt I, I wasn't really enjoying basketball and I kind of was thinking about my future and just thought maybe this is it. Like I don't have that happiness anymore. I'm not improving, but I don't have that desire to improve either. Mm. And um, I just knew uh, prior to thinking about retirement, let's take some time off and see what that does to me. And oh my gosh, like I'm so happy to play for another five years. Mm. I am like here ready to go. I just could not recommend it more. Um, I think now I'm just training harder. I'm training better. And even though I'm exhausted today, I can't wait to train again, you know, so mm. that right there, I haven't had that feeling now for years. So okay. it's so nice to be a professional athlete and get that young feeling back and that exciting feeling back big time.
0: Yeah. Um, you said you kind of lost the desire. I think uh, I might be misquoting you there or something yeah. along those lines to play basketball, yeah. but you were exactly a year ago now representing the Opals at the World Cup in Australia and last season you and Southside had a pretty good season well (laughs) pretty pretty good season yes um and you were playing good basketball so number one league watch out but uh (laughs) also your yeah you made the WMA finals with Southside last season that was your last game your next game is with Melbourne in like a somewhat rivalry match against Correct. Southside. So what are the feelings? What are all the feelings that are going into that next game?
1: Oh, honestly, I am so anxious. I, am, <laughs> I am terrified. I'm terrified. I feeling I'm feeling stressed, but I'm excited. Look, it's going to be very weird for me. I'm I've been in that Danny Long Rangers Southside Flyers program for eight years. Mm. So that's been majority of my career. <laughs> that environment, those people, everything. So for me to now play against them as the rivalry team, because Melbourne and Southside don't get along all that well, um, that's really, I think, I'm excited for it. But again, like I said, it's just going to be a really weird feeling entering their stadium, which used to be my stadium, Mm. seeing all the people I used to play with, and then having to turn my mentality into, no, I'm competing Mm. and I want to win. So, so that's going to be challenging for me. Um, I've already queued up a meeting with my sports psychologist. So that's locked in, in a couple of weeks time. So I'm excited to get to talking to him. Um, I think also what's beneficial is that we actually have a couple of practice games against flyers Mm. through October. So I think getting all that nerves, getting the nerves and the kind of shit out of the way prior to actually playing them in a proper game. I think that's, that's pretty, pretty handy.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, also was the switch to, or just finding a new club, was that part of like trying to refine the love of basketball?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Big time. Um, For me, I felt very stuck and stagnant in that program. I just felt like I wasn't giving my all but I didn't know how to either. Mm. Um and I think just like anyone in any career, you know, you hit a point when you've been with someone for so long that it's kind of time for a change and a new voice. Um so I definitely knew I was going to leave. Um and for me making the decision to come to Melbourne, um Chris Lucas has always wanted to coach me uh, throughout my whole entire career, so I thought you know what? I'll finally give him the chance to do so. Um, I owe him that much. And for me, I find him just like such an awkward dad, and <laughs> I adore him. So I'm like, <laughs> I've already made him laugh like 15 times in the last two days. So, um, <clears throat> I'm wrapped to just be playing under him. And also, mm. Christy Harra being the assistant coach. I mean, that's elite, elite level basketball coaching right there. So I'm really excited to get into that program and that style of play too.
0: Mm, great signs. Uh. Uh, yeah. Also coming into training camp, what's the, someone like Christy Wallace who's just come off a of WNBA season. How, how ready is she and how ready are you? Do you feel?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> super excited by all that too. You know, what's, what's really cool is that uh, Wally used to be with flyers as well. So I've played with her in flyers. Um, I love the way she plays her aggression all of that. And again, also just playing with her at the world cup for Australia last year. Um, I'm so excited to be playing with her now and not against her anymore. And I I just rate her so much as a player and anything I can do to help her blossom even more, you know, I want to do that for her. So super excited to be back playing with her. And then, we also have a few Flyers girls that has actually made the crossover as well. So Mon Conti came to Melbourne mm. Boomers and then Amy Rochi's come to uh, Melbourne Boomers as well. So wrapped to be playing with those two again. Um, just a really good guard group that we have.
0: Mm. Yeah. And Jordan Canada's coming over. She was, was that WM, uh, all defensive first team? Yes. Second? Yeah. Yeah. God.
1: Yeah. She's oh unreal. God. Yeah. Not even just defensively, but um passes the ball super well great at assists great at pushing the ball up the floor um really intelligent but also can find her own too so she's someone that I'm really excited to play with and just see what she's all about too
0: Mm. what's the um so you're coming into a team that uh was really competitive and really talented last year and there's been uh, oh Yeah, actually quite a bit of uh, roster turnover. Yeah. What's it like coming into that? Like something that some system that already has like such an established core and is looking to keep competing. How do you enter that situation?
1: Well, they only kept two of their players from last season. So it's, yeah, it's a relatively new team. So I think that made it a little bit easier that we're actually starting from scratch now. Um, which then in turn makes it a bit harder because now it's all about trying to gel and get that culture with that group that we have. But Chris did a really good job at recruiting good humans. Mm. And I think good humans, no matter what the culture is going to be great. So I'm not worried about that. I already feel like even after day two, we're doing really well at, um, gelling together on court. So that's really nice. Um, but yeah, yesterday I was so nervous and anxious because I felt for the first time in like eight years that I was a rookie Mm. and coming into this new program, new team, um, new environment and, uh, getting new gear again and everything. Mm. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm a rookie. I'm a 30 year old rookie. So (laughs) that, that was pretty, um, daunting, but yeah, soon those feelings went out the window and um, I definitely feel like a leader out there and and someone that can help all the young ones as well.
0: True. Great. Um, jumping back to the World Cup last year, just like firstly, what are the memories that have stuck with you? Uh, and like, what was, what's the feeling you've kind of carried since then? Yeah. You, you?
1: Uh, honestly, it's been the biggest and greatest basketball achievement of my life. Um, and that feeling when we won the rose gold, I just can't even explain it. It's definitely something, and I know this is so lame to say, but it's something that you need to do or be, be there to actually fully understand. But for me personally, I've had a roller coaster of emotions when it comes to the Opals team. I got cut from the Olympic team the year before Um, I've never really established myself in that team. I've been cut, I've been in, I've been cut, I've been in. So for me to properly make this team and then when Rebecca Allen went down, start for the next five games and be relied on, that was just the best feeling ever. Um, And then to win with such a great group of humans as well, I mean, our last night was insane. Like mm. we all got so blind and it was <laughs> the best ever. But seriously, those are the memories that you cherish the most. Um, I think we had such a hard month too. So we went to the Gold Coast a month prior to Wells. So we went to Gold Coast and then we went to Sydney. So we were away for a whole month. And I mean, the feeling of winning that rose gold and then the tournament is done, it's just exhaustion leaving mm. your body. Um, the adrenaline leaving your body. Trying to calm down after that for the next two weeks was a big struggle. Yeah. And I was just so tired. I was so tired. Mm. Um, But yeah, definitely the best feeling I've ever had in my sporting career ever.
0: Yeah. We needed you to get that rose gold, by the way. Oh, like, thank you. you. We, we needed you. Yeah. Um, thank you. And also this, this episode, I was just checking. I always kept this. I don't know why I kept this on my desktop, but it was like the first... <laughs> It's the first ever catering uh, thing I ever got as part of media, and it was from the twenty seventh of September, which is when this episode is going to come out. A year. Oh ago. yeah. Yeah. It's will you require lunch? Yes. Will you require dinner? Yes. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Absolutely. <laughs> of course. Thank you for asking. I no was never asking <laughs> that before. Um. Yeah. I've <clears throat> I. I. As a. As a member of the media, I. I felt it like being in the media Tribune. There was like a feeling in the arena, and like. Man, basketball in Australia is so good right now. It's really good, man. Like the 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 national boomers. Uh, Mm. we're we're building, but the Opals have been good. Like I can't remember the Opals ever being bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So after that experience, um, having such an important role in the team. Uh, how do you feel, uh, taking that momentum, uh, to potentially selection in the 2024 Olympics? And then also, what do you feel about the Opal's chances of, uh, having a podium finish?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's hard because even though I managed to get to where I was, I still don't think I'm a shoe in for that Olympic team and I never will. I never feel like I'm going to make that team. So, I mean, I want to, and I feel like I deserve it, but you just all. always as an athlete, always have that second guessing feeling anyway. So I think for me, just having a, focusing on having a really good WNBL season is priority for me. Um, mm. and just not overthinking at all. I think I'll just go into camp. I feel like a bit more of a leader and, um, I I'm at that point now where I know what Sandy wants from me. Uh, and I know what I can give for the team so i think if i just play my role well and and make sure i do those things well i'll have a chance of making that team but paris is so high on my priority list mm. um i made obviously tokyo olympics but that the covid olympics i want to know what a real olympics <laughs> was like yeah that was a that was a great experience i loved it but you know we weren't allowed to leave the village at all mm. so um, just to try and experience what a real Olympics would be like, would be super cool. And I think we have a really good shot of meddling again. Um, if you just look at our team right now, and even the young ones coming up, we're just, we're just so good. And I also feel like, yeah, <laughs> it's but it also, is that
0: simple. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you think about the last few years, that core group with the Australian team has been there. So we've also got that under our belts where we've actually played with each other for quite a while now. Mm. And um, the culture is really good in the Australian team. And I think that's massive. Like I said, a lot of us have felt now what that winning feeling of rose gold feels like that I think we will try our best to chase that in Paris for sure.
0: Mm. So like looking at the landscape, there's the North American team. Uh, Belgium's killing it right now. I was was at Eurobasket. They were like (laughs) scary. Like they were like, not only well coached and playing together, but just their talent is just yeah. like yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't replicate. You can't replicate Allemand, uh Van Lu, Messerman.
1: Messerman, yeah, she's good.
0: Lins- yeah, and Linskin, Linskin's like you can't repeat. You you can't repeat. No, those um, France is always going to be good. Spain's going to be good. I, I yeah. still like our chances at, at at finishing top three though.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do too. I mean, look, it really comes down to the thing is you have to play one game well. And <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you don't have the luxury of we get to play this team three times, you know, over the course of however many months. It's like you have to play well that day and mm. so much shit can go wrong. I mean, there's injuries. We played Belgium without Messerman in the quarterfinal. I mean, that's a huge blow for them. Mm. Um, But injuries are a huge thing. You know, fatigue is a huge thing. Um, sometimes your team just doesn't click that day. Mm. So it is really difficult because it doesn't matter who you are. You've got to be able to play well on that day. Mm. And that's why these tournaments are so massive. And that's why mentally it's so draining because you're so focused and so switched on for that whole time because mentally it's more important than physically.
0: Mm. If you ah oh man, that reminded me of the China game in at the World Cup. Sorry to remind you, it was that was hard. Well, actually, first of all, shout out to the China fans because they were un, Huge. they were so loud. I yes. Think, what was it, fifteen thousand? And I want to say, I want to say, four to five thousand would have been there for China, and then ten to. I'm gonna
1: say ten thousand were there for China, and I, we I, only had about five.
0: I, I actually think it, that's just how loud they were. Yeah. I think they yeah. just, they, they were just, they were in yeah. unison. The yeah. whole crowd yeah. knew like every single chant. It's, it's like they've
1: practiced that before, right? <laughs> it's,
0: it's like they had home court <laughs> yes, in, yeah. in the semifinal in the world cup in Australia. They were like, that was, that was electric. They brought a great atmosphere, but I, that's, that was the game that I immediately thought of. Cause I feel like that was one of those, not everything going wrong, but like um Han Shu was like yeah (laughs) just hitting every single mid-range um I think she had a third of their points or something yeah um so that's instantly where my mind goes but yeah and uh, you know I don't want to discredit them for having the good game at the right time but I feel like that was our game
1: yeah well we played them in a we played them maybe like 10 days prior to that in a practice Mm. game and we beat them as well and it's it's hard because they're look China are tough, Mm. and when all of them are on, it is so hard to stop. Their guards are so quick, yeah, so quick. That whole tournament, I even got told by a few people, like, you're a defender, Sarah, and I was like, yeah, I'm thriving off my defense right now. I could not guard one of their guards (laughs) at all. She just blows by because they can all shoot the shit out of Mm. it as well. So they can shoot so well, but then they can rip drive really, really well too. Um, And then, like you said, Hanshu was just on, like, Mm. right from the get-go. But that was, that, like, was pretty, oh, that game was pretty tough because at the Olympics, they beat us by two points on the buzzer Mm. at the Olympics, or one point, I think it was one or two points on the buzzer, they beat us. And it was, like, drama. And then for them to do the exact same thing, pretty much at mm. Worlds, it's like, okay, that's all right. That's it. Like we've got beef with China now. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. That's our rivalry. Like, Oh, I hate them.
0: <laughs> mm. So does that, yeah. Does that make you want to play them more? Those like, those like ones that are just like two points, one point away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think for me too, like I struggle a bit playing against China um, just because of the physicality, but how, how quick they are as well. Yeah. That, for me, it's like I need to overcome that and I want to overcome that and I want to play well against them. So I also think, you know, we never got a shot at USA and that's what mm, sucks. Yeah. You know, so China then they celebrated like they'd pretty much won and it almost looked like, you know, that's it, they've won the silver. They, did, they looked like they'd lost their drive to try and beat USA. They were just so happy that they beat us. And I think that's kind of gut wrenching because we never got a shot at USA, and if we beat them, then at least we could see how we go, you know, with America as well. Because they had an easy run, the <laughs> whole campaign, easy run. Like their pool was just ridiculous. We had the pool of death. They just had this cruisy little pool, beat every team by like forty points, and mm. then just one whole thing.
0: Mm.
1: Like, oh, at least let us give a give them a crack, you know?
0: Yeah, did we did we play Serbia? Yeah. Am I going crazy? Yeah. Do we, do we beat them like 68, 62? Or is that them v France?
1: Yeah, no, we beat them. No, we beat them by, gosh, I don't remember. But it wasn't that much. That was a very tough game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very okay. physical. Yeah. I'm meddling all these games together. France um, were
1: the only team that beat us in the pool rounds.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, When you are back to uh, having the right game at the right time, having the whatever you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When you are on the other side of that, having the bad, having the bad game, like as a team or as a player, how do you try and um, like, what's the adjustment you make either mentally, physically as a team uh, to kind of not let that get you down and yeah, to be, try and be resilient within the game.
1: Yeah. It's hard. I mean, you know, that's what makes a great basketball player. Like that's really mm. tough when you're down. I I think teams vibe off each other so much that when one person is down, it kind of drags the energy down throughout the whole team. So it's just really important to have like one, two or three players that are constantly positive and constantly energetic. And, you know, just above the average the whole time, because if you don't have those crucial people, then it's very easy for the whole team to just go eh, and we're Mm. down, you know? Um, but in saying that again, it's like trying to get out of your own head and, and trying to think about the team and, and trying to just work out ways that can help with you. I mean, I work with a sports psychologist now and I've been with him for years and like he helps me with all this stuff. Like my outlook on life is just so positive, And so mm. meh, like it is what it is, <laughs> yeah. you know? but I play better when I'm in that really chilled mindset. So, um, yeah, it's it's tough because that's all individual individually focused um, and that's something that everyone just kind of needs to work out. But if you're playing for Australia, I mean, we don't have time for people to drop their yeah. head or negativity, you know, so like snap out of it and like move on to the next play.
0: Who were those positive uh, influences at the World Cup? Oh,
1: I like to think I was one of those. <laughs> I
0: think so as well.
1: Tess um, Magin was unreal. She mm. just... Her leadership on court, even if she wasn't playing, but her leadership on court, off court is just phenomenal and such a calming presence. So when we were rattled, it's like in tests we trust, and it doesn't mean that she's necessarily scoring for us, but she'll hold the ball, she'll direct us Mm. and just naturally relax us. So I think she was really good for us in that aspect, and I really rate her as a leader. I think she's that's something that she's stepped into really nicely. Um I mean Sammy Whitcomb's always super positive as well and super upbeat and um energetic too, which is good because she plays a lot of minutes as well as the p- as the p g and yeah when she's up and about she's hitting her threes, and that's really important
0: mm. I thought um Annalie Mailey was really uh brought a lot of energy as well like mm. she 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 was uh she didn't get you know as many minutes as she was used to getting at Bendigo yeah um and we'll probably be getting with Perth but yeah. yeah man she was the first one up every time someone would hit a three like anytime someone made a great play she was like the first one up cheering cheering on the team I just thought that yeah the the energy of the team was just like it was so great you you've, yeah. you brought everyone you've brought everyone along for the ride like it was yeah it was really inclusive
1: now that's awesome to hear yeah definitely good vibes for sure
0: mm. um as like someone that has a meh outlook on life and is super positive <laughs> when you are blending uh, like that personality with someone that's maybe like red hot on the court. um, How do you uh, like try and find chemistry with that player when you have such a different, you know, outlook on the game?
1: Yeah. um, It's tough. Like you've got to be, you have to understand that not everyone trains or plays like you or has a mentality like you. And I think, I can't just go up to a Wally and be like, Wally, don't stress. You're fine because she's so (laughs) hot-headed and she just wants to punch someone, right? So it's definitely about picking your moments of when to like bring your world into theirs. And Mm. I'm not overstepping either. And I think I'm pretty good at recognizing that. Um, but for me, I'm just trying to keep people confident and happy. So I'll never bring my relaxed lifestyle into their lives, but I'll give them a boost of energy that they need and make sure that they're staying up and about because again, so many people are quick to, um, think negative thoughts about themselves or quick to process a mistake that they made. And then they forget that they're a great player or Mm. that they can do this really well, or they're great at this, you know? So just reinforcing the positives is big for me. Um, But then also acknowledging that sometimes people need to go over to the end of the bench, punch a chair, and then take a breather by themselves for a second. So it's like, just go do your thing. Everyone's different. Um, And it's the same with warming up. Taylor George and I would gravitate towards each other quite a lot because she warms up similar to me where we will dance, we will laugh, Mm. we will have fun um, where other people are like super focused. They don't want to speak to anyone, they don't want to do that. So you just gotta recognize how people are different and um yeah, just try and be mindful of that.
0: Mm, yeah. Um why? Why should people? Why should people tune into the Melbourne Boomers this season? Is it the fast? <laughs> is it the fast pace? Is it the day? Is it? Is it all of it? What is it?
1: <laughs> to the Melbourne Boomers. Um. Well, firstly, we're a very well-run organization. I'm shocked since moving how professional and how amazing the team is. Um. Great atmosphere at the Boom Box. Mm. Great atmosphere. Great crowd. Um. And we're gonna just be playing some really exciting basketball. I think. The team that we have, super aggressive, um, super energetic, and I think just are going to have a lot of fun where we won't be too afraid to make mistakes. We're just going to go and get it, and defense being our number one focus too. So I think we're going to be that team that's just fun to watch, super fast-paced, up in everyone's grill, Um, probably that annoying team that people don't really want to play. I
0: think mm. we'll pride ourselves on that. Damn. I I like, you know, at the lowest possible level of basketball which I play. I know. Right. I'm sure in you would sell
1: it too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I've never I've never ever heard at any stage in my life anyone think of themselves as that team. Yeah. So like to go in with that like frame of mind, that's oh my God yeah I'm supposed to find the words because that's like my, my my role in all this <laughs> speechless. but speechless yeah, I'm, yeah. They, but they seriously like that, going
1: into it being that team the team that no one wants to play mm. is like huge because we've all played against teams that you go oh mm. I just gotta be bothered you know what I mean
0: mm. and if
1: no, we I, can try ourselves on that yeah,
0: yeah. I, I agree I agree you'll be a matchup nightmare you have like talent you have the coaching and you also have the talent at yeah, you, have, you outlined the guard depth. You have great big depth. You have great wing depth. <laughs> That's everyone. Um, yep. So, yeah, no, I think, I think, yeah, Melbourne will definitely be one of the teams. Man, uh, oh, I don't know who's favored to win the championship, the WMBL championship, but you guys would have to be up there. I think you might
1: have. Oh, uh, to Townsville be. for sure would be the favorites oh, this true. year. Reigning champs and who they've recruited is just ridiculous. Mm, true. But. Is there enough ball to go around? I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who who are you watching around the league? What other teams?
1: Um, I mean, everyone's dangerous and scary. There's, I think Townsville, obviously, what they've done well is they've recruited a bench five that could probably start as
0: well. Mm.
1: And so it's going to be tough where when they sub, you're bringing someone just as good on. That's going to be the hard part. Um, and obviously they're so well drilled under Shannon too. Um, Sydney are going to be tough guy Malloy over there, recruiting some of the boomers girls as well. And, um, you know, they've got some good height to them, good aggression as well. So they'll be tough. I mean, flyers are always going to be good, no matter what, um, yeah, I I would say those are the three main teams, but then again, I mean, Adelaide no matter what their starting five is going to be great, Perth no matter what their starting five is going to be great. Um I should I don't want to not mention Canberra. I'm sure Canberra is going to be great. <laughs> 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 They've got Jade Melbourne. I mean, she's unreal. She gets triple doubles. So mm. yeah, I just think you know what, it's like one of those times where any team, again, like any team can just come out firing. I mean, mm. Bendigo last season, they came out firing and they were on top of the ladder for like the first half of the season. And then the rest of the teams got their shit together mm. and then dropped off. So I think like the first, the start of the season, you know, as much as you want to win games, you can't count how that's like, that's not how people will play sometimes, mm. you know, you yeah. got to like get a few games under your belt to gel and all that stuff as well. So I'm not sure. it be good, be a good mm. season for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be a great season overall. Yeah, man. Like, not only do we have, like, great homegrown talent uh, in the Opals and just Australian basketball more generally, but the imports we get are so good.
1: Yeah, Like, the
0: season will be awesome.
1: Yeah, a lot of WNBA talent too, which is great.
0: Mm. Well, speaking of WNBA talent, the uh, WNBA playoffs are on right now. Round two started Monday Australian time, which – Monday, Monday three. A.m., yeah, Monday I morning, think.
1: Australian time. Yeah,
0: Australian time. Um, since last episode, I think I was right on both my predictions. Marco was wrong on one of his, so sucky, Marco. <laughs> but uh, what have your um, yeah, what, what what were your takeaways? Let's start with uh, Connecticut and New York. Yeah, um, as you've mentioned, Beck Allen and Sandy Rondello. Yeah, uh, already coming up against each other. Um, yeah. What are your takeaways from game one? Like that was, I think. think Crazy. Yeah. You know
1: what? Um, like Connecticut have nothing to lose, Mm. but for them, the fact that I thought they played a really great team game and having spider step up like that was massive because they needed that extra player to do something. Um, and I think for them to be able to beat New York again, spider has to do the same thing or they need their benchy in like. Um, Dijanae Carrington uh, to do the same as well, you know, step up. They need just an extra player on top of DeWanna Bonner, Alyssa Thomas and all them. Um, I didn't think they would match up that well against JJ. I thought mm. JJ from New York was going to dominate and that would be like their um, weakness. But I, like Alyssa Thomas is such a great player. She guards Brianna Stewart so well. So she removes her out of the picture. They ended up guarding Sabrina incredibly as well. So that's two massive mm. players that can win games for you. Um, but then again, I mean, Benajia Laney, she didn't have a great game, so I'm mm. sure she's going to come out firing. But then it's back at Connecticut, isn't it? So it's going to be, yeah. I don't know. I can't actually predict this game. I can't.
0: Mm. No, like, I'm with you.
1: Yeah. A little bit of me is like, oh, I kind of want to go for Spider and Connecticut because they're the underdogs, you know?
0: Mm. You said, yeah, Connecticut have nothing to lose. And just like a team led by Alyssa Thomas with nothing to lose. That is just like a match made in heaven. She plays so free. Like she's so, yeah, she's just like, She's playing her own game out there. And she's yeah. just like, she looks, she's like, she sees the court in like rhythms and shapes. Like yeah. she's she's looking at the yep. game completely differently. Crazy. Um, and it's and like
1: then, so slow for her, which is mm, unreal.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah, Beck Allen had such a good game one. Some of those threes were cash. Yeah. And like yeah. some of those threes, I was like, there's no way she's going to shoot that. Like, yep. like 19 seconds on the shot clock. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, makes you, you can hear the snapping sound. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. just the
0: bottom of the net. Um, I also I think, yeah, I think Stewie will come out like with a renewed, like, he can defend her well, but it's Brianna Stewart. Like, if she hasn't, yeah, a bad but game, also
1: she's... in saying that though, it's Alyssa Thomas. Yeah, she's true. Incredible defender. Yeah. And so she's so strong, but she can move her feet. So Stewie won't be able to drive by her.
0: Mm, so she's going to
1: rely solely on a shot from outside, which can get off. But in saying that, I mean, it's a great matchup.
0: Yeah. Um, I also thought um, Connecticut early on were really just going at Sabrina Ionescu, like yeah. no matter who she was guiding. And I was like, hmm. Yep, I noticed that too. <laughs> Don't worry.
1: Panina and I were watching the game and every time we we're like, that's on Sabrina, that's mm. on Sabrina, that's on Sabrina. I was yeah. like, oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah, they were going at it no matter like both ends of the court, Um, which I think, yeah, just I think the, yeah, Emma there must be just beat her down like, yeah. over the yep. course of five games. Yeah. What do you think of uh, John Carl Jones um, calling out the refs at the Uh, end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter? We were
1: talking about that today, actually. Um, Surely that has to be a fine because I know we're not allowed to do that because then Mm -hmm. we'll get a fine. Um, I think she was just being a big sook, to be honest, because Mm. yeah, one call was probably bad, but other than that, they ref the game really well. Yeah it just happens to players you know they're losing they're unhappy we need someone to blame blame the refs
0: yeah yeah I agree um I think <clears throat> uh Connecticut love making it a physical game and it's like it's around two of the playoffs like it's you gotta match them like yeah <laughs> that, that that's just how the game is gonna go now yeah I also think like Sabrina and uh Duana Bonner gotta it's it's annoying me how much they're complaining about foul calls because like yeah. All every right, time
1: man. they're just so complainy.
0: Yeah, everyone's getting hit on every yeah. single possession. Yeah. Um, knowing and having played under Sandy Rondelli, what do you think the adjustment will be going into game two? Oh
1: gosh. Um <laughs> oh gosh, this is you're asking from a coach's point of view. I'm not a coach at all. Okay, I think for New York to be able to win, they're gonna need Laney to step up and they're gonna have to rely on their benches a bit. So like you're gonna to have to put faith in um Steph Dolson, in Maureen Johannes, in those kind of players and let them play a little bit more so then your starters can actually have a bit of a, a break as well. I think, you know, game one, they just relied on their starters and gave confidence to the starters, but your benchies need to be able to play as well because it's not just a team of five.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um I think I, I agree. I think. Uh, I would like sub out UNESCO early for Johannes or Thornton. Probably Johannes, just to so like, yeah, someone that just plays the game so freely. Because I feel yeah. like you're got a bit rigid, um, in game one, and there was yeah. I think it was too much system. Like yeah. the the players weren't free. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah to uh enter Sabrina when um Connecticut's bench comes on and then just, yeah you know, fire on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that oh, man I. <clears throat> I know it's one game in like New Yorker, uh, you know, New uh, New York, Las Vegas has been the story all season, but I don't know, man. There's still also a part of me that's like, is Connecticut favorite? Am I
1: crazy? Massive if they win. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. um, And yeah, uh, the Las Vegas Aces and the Dallas Wings, were you, did you watch game one?
1: I watched the first quarter of that game, but I knew the score already. And mm. after the first quarter, I was like, oh, Dallas will for sure losing. <laughs> they, they just looked really sloppy. They looked very individual. They didn't look in sync. Mm. Um, I mean, they're a young team, so it could have been nerves as well. I'm sure they'll challenge Vegas a lot better in game two. Um, but I think Vegas are just way too tough for mm. Dallas
0: for sure. They're so good, man. It's so yeah. fun to watch them play. Yeah um right and Asia's just on another level right now yeah. yeah no I don't even think there's anything to say yeah like, it's yeah. just the league above
1: yep she absolutely is I agree
0: yeah um okay well I guess that's that on that um Sarah thank you for joining me today
1: thank you Lucas appreciate it great chat
0: awesome see ya
1: <laughs> all right see you You have a good day now yes <laughs> see you Lucas bye